Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Folks, my special guest for episode 105 is host of Paranormal Insight Podcast and investigator with SCARI, that stands for Seekers of California for Ethereal Research and Investigation, Tim Sudano. Tim discusses his encounter with tall whites, a case involving poltergeists, and his empathic abilities. But before we get to the show, here is a listener-submitted true encounter sent by Eric Skurback. My name is Eric, and I've always been drawn to the mysterious world of the supernatural and metaphysical. As a child, my sisters and I would often work with a Ouija board, summoning spirits, which we often believed were good for the longest time. I couldn't tell whether our findings were real or fake. You can never be sure who may be moving the planchette, after all. But nonetheless, our experiences had always been positive. However, one evening, that all changed. It was New Year's Eve of 1999 or 2000. My sisters, a couple cousins, and myself were in my bedroom working with the spirit board. It began as normal. Hello? What's your name? You know, the usual. As we progressed into our conversation with the spirit, an odd feeling settled over the room. A moment later, My table lamp began to flicker. This wasn't necessarily a new experience, as the house in which this occurred had been haunted since my mother and her siblings were little. However, it was still startling for us young kids, so we immediately broke the circle and let it be. Several months later, my sisters and I again pulled out the spirit board and called out to a spirit. We were sitting on the floor in our gaming room with our fingers upon the planchette as we asked a spirit to join us. It took a moment, but having asked if spirit was with us, the planchette moved to, yes. We asked the basic questions, what's your name, how old are you, etc. However, the answers became sporadic, and soon we found ourselves in a dire situation. The spirit claimed to be from hell and seemed upset with us. We considered breaking the circle, but our own curiosity, as is still the case 24 years later, was greater than our reasoning. Soon, the planchette stopped moving and sat still for some time. We continued asking questions, hoping to get a rise out of the spirit, which apparently we did. The planchette began to heat up like an iron. It started off warm, but the heat grew until we were forced to remove our fingers from the planchette from fear of getting burned. We called to our mother and told her what had happened. Our story led her to take the board from us and lock it in the closet. Not long after that, the board would be thrown in the trash and removed from our property. It's been 24 years since the incident, and despite the numerous haunted events in which we'd witnessed in that house, the story of the Ouija board remains at the forefront of our memories. To this day, neither of us have touched a spirit board again. 
If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like me to narrate your paranormal encounter, just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. (laughs) Hey, Tim, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being on. Uh, First of all, I want to give a little shout out to our friends, JJ and Tommy. Um, That's where I heard you and uh, heard about you from JJ when she was on my show. She spoke about you and um, uh, had to have you on. And especially after I heard you on on Tommy's show. So thank you, guys. Um, Yeah, thanks, guys. That was good shows all the way around. I I really enjoyed being on uh, Tommy's show. Yeah, he's a a good guy. He is. And he was a good guest for me as well. So that was fantastic. (laughs) So when you were on Tommy's show, uh, you had some really, really fascinating topics that you touched on. And I thought we could start with the uh, Beach Boardwalk one, if you'd like. Oh, sure. Uh, That involved uh, the alien species known as the Tall Whites. Uh, Tommy called them the Nordics. That's incorrect, actually. Uh, oh. But uh, that's that's okay. Um, so the tall whites are different. The tall whites are the ones that are, you know, they're tall and yeah, they're white. They're just like just <laughs> like this sound. But I mean, they're alabaster, like 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 old school MacBook stuff. That's what you can't see that too well on my camera, but white, yeah. <laughs> like albino, if you will. Okay. Um, the uh, so and they have but they have really large eyes, like they were crossbred with grays. It's kind of bizarre. Um, so they have the larger eyes, they're not quite as big as the grays, but they are larger, like they would take up the entire eye socket on a human. Um, and I'm pretty sure those are the creatures I saw. And the story goes like this <laughs> uh, this was in. Uh, my memory's failing me now. I want to say 2002, 2003, something like that. Um, and I was a DJing back then, and I'd do parties and reunions and other such things, school dances. And um, each job, I had a different partner, and I had a different partner on this one, and we were loading into the freight elevator um, all of our equipment. And um, I noticed this little group of kids there running around the circle. And there was one girl that was super tall compared to all the other five and six-year-olds that were running around, right? These are guesstimates. She looked to be about 10 or 12, just based on her height. But she seemed to get along with these little kids just fine, for whatever reason. And, um, and then, um, and she was... The way she was dressed, it's like she had this Where's Waldo kind of theme going forward. Lots of red, lots of white. Um, and, um, oh, and red sunglasses that were exceptionally huge on her face. Exceptionally huge. Like like Elton John sunglasses. <laughs> you can go Elton John. Yeah, that's a, that's fair. For, that's the, fair, for the size. But they were, yeah. 
yeah, they were just gigantic on her head, on her little head. And um, not to say her head was super small, but anyway, she was proportionate, but lanky. I'll give her that. She was lanky. And uh, again, looked to be about 10, maybe 12 compared to the others, other kids she was 20 with. And they're just running around the circle playing tag or something. I don't know. And um, then uh, this, I remember <laughs> distinctly this lime green 2002. It was 2002, I think. VW uh, Bug, the new ones, pulls up. And they were just out. It was a big deal. They had a huge ad campaign on TV. And she loses her little mind. And she starts pointing. Oh, my gosh. She's, like, frantically pointing. And that's when I see that her fingers are really, like, exceptionally long. Literally twice the length of your fingers, of a human finger. And they were just skeletal almost. But And they were long I was like, oh my God, is that first thought was some sort of genetic malfunction with this poor girl. Uh, normal in most other respects, but these exceptionally long fingers. And she's pointing, she's pointing, and she looks back and she doesn't say anything. I remember that distinctly too. There were no words. She wasn't mouthing anything. And there were no words. But I follow her, her line of sight back, and there's a Tall, tall, I mean, maybe six, five, seven foot tall female. I And she's wearing like Jedi robes, for lack of a better term. But she's dressed in robes at the beach. Okay, this is at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. For those of you who need a reference, if you've ever seen Lost Boys, the oh, movie. yes. Great movie. That boardwalk is exactly where I was. Nice. I was at the far end. I was at the far end. Um, there's a... Uh, of the older building because there's a, there's where the one roller coaster is on top of the building. And then it continues on that, the old original boardwalk. And um, at the far end, there's a, there's a golf course, like a mini golf course mm -hmm. underneath. And then on the top portion of that, there's a big ballroom. And that's where we were holding our event. So, and, and these these kids and this little girl in particular are maybe 50 feet away from me. And um, anyway, this little girl's freaking out. Oh my God, it's a, it's a VW bug. She recognizes something about it. She's losing her little mind over it and follow her line, her eye line back to her mother. And, and granted she's wearing robes and she's got the, it's even hooded. Um, but I, I noticed the hint of a nose and the hint of a breast underneath the robes. And she's got this true Jedi fashion. I keep going back. I'm going to get sued by Star Wars uh, <laughs> or Lucasfilm or someone or Disney. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, but she's doing the thing where you slip your hands inside your sleeves yep. and just sit there. And what this mother figure does is says, stop. All this is all through hand gestures. Puts her hand out. Stop. Come here. And now I'm noticing mom has the same fingers, same really, really long fingers. Come here, motions her daughter to come over, and then points down to the ground now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a mom. I've done that gesture several times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, stop. Come here now. <laughs> and this little girl, alien though she may have been, reacted like any other child I've ever seen on Earth. 
had a little tantrum stomping her way over. I don't want to go. Now, it comes to my attention that th- these two gentlemen are standing next to her, and they kind of step up and bracket her. And they're wearing what you might expect from the men in black, but they have trench coats on. And one trench coat is beige, and the other trench coat is like a... It, it's hard to explain explain the color because it was a dark blue, but it was still bright at the same time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, not too dissimilar to the shirt you're wearing now. Oh, okay. So I don't know what color you would call that, but it was about that color. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so brightish, darkish blue. <laughs> it's a silly exp- explanation, but there you have it. And. Um, what, the guy in the dark blue suit does this, like you see in the movies all the time. And, uh, you know, I was in the military. I saw agents do this on occasion. Fingers to the ear, and they speak in a little mic hidden in their shirt cuff. He says something like this, and out of nowhere, this limousine pulls up. I mean, like he's in a race. <laughs> pulls up. <laughs> all four of them pile into the back of the limo, and they take off. Um, Now... Throughout this very short little experience of mine, I I make sure I'm not imagining things, and I tap my partner who's working with me, and I point out the little girl. I said, "Look at the fingers on that little girl. That's weird, right?" And he's so into the gig. <laughs> he he looks up, looks at her. Yeah, that's weird. Let's get help me with the speakers. It's like, <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, all right. You know, you could care less. He's got a job to do and he wants to get it done. He wants to get paid, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's all there was to it. And um, yeah, he can care less about observing. Things. <laughs> but I was kind of trained in that. I was a private detective uh, prior to all this in the early 90s, very early 90s, before I went to the military. And um, I trained with. I took classes for for being a, a, a police detective, although I never went to become a, a police officer. But I took classes with other detectives who were doing their continuing education. Hmm. So it was great. I got all kinds of great feedback and insight and, and stuff, and I applied it to my job as a PI, and it was fun. It was it was a uh, it was just fun having that extra piece of knowledge. So I, my head has always been on a swivel ever since, hmm. and. Um, that's when I noticed what I noticed with these guys. Now, the, the really interesting piece, part of, of all of that, besides encountering these creatures at a distance, was that I had only just heard about them maybe a week or two before when I was listening to a rebroadcast of Coast to Coast uh, with, uh, gosh, it was was it before Greg Norrie or after, or was it during his... his uh, he had just come on the air. I think it was during with Greg Norrie. George. And I think Charles Hall was the guy who was telling the story. George Norrie? George Norrie. What did I say? <laughs> he said Greg. <laughs> who goes by Greg sometimes? No, you, were, you, you were Sorry, testing George. me. You were testing me to see if I was paying <laughs> yeah, attention. It. Well done. <laughs> well, no, no. Well done on you for correct, for catching my mistake. In uh, another, it's funny you mentioned that um, my brother caught me in a faux pas. And I'll, I'll use your show to correct it. I called, uh, we were talking about Sidri and uh, Brock, the two uh, Norse, I call them dwarves. They're elves in, in Norse mythology. But uh, I digress. Let's get back to the aliens. <laughs> um, 
And uh, thank you, brother, for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he had mentioned these exact aliens and what our, you know, our length of contact was. Because apparently these guys got marched through his barracks when he was in the Air Force at, at night. It's like, yeah, these are men. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I might be getting the, I might have the wrong person in my head. Maybe it was a Charles Hall. We'll call it Charles Hall for now. Okay. <laughs> I probably got that name wrong too. Um, I got to keep better notes on my side. I'll tell you what. But uh, the, you know, they, they get marched through his barracks in the middle of the night and they, you know, it's those who wake up and notice something's going on. They get selected for this program. Uh, to be involved with these aliens to one degree or another. And throughout the court, his, the tenure of his the rest of his air force career, he is in, you know, he deals with these people, the tall whites daily. And one of the things he mentions is they have a VIP status. They're, they're like uh, emissaries here in the, not only on earth, but in the U S and they get taken to places that are like touristy <laughs> because they'll blend in if they're noticed. Times Square. You'll blend in there if you got white skin and you dress weird. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas. You'll blend in there. Oh, no problem. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm suddenly picturing a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They went to all, they experienced the full range of our culture. On these VIP trips at Los Angeles, you can throw a brick in Los Angeles, you'll fit in. You know, if you're an alien with alabaster skin and you're dressed in like where's Waldo, yeah, yeah you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. So they hit all these different areas that where they would more blend in with society than say Middle America at a at a potluck at a church, for example. Yeah, uh, they would not blend in there all too well. <laughs> um, but and I guess the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk was one of those places. And yeah, it's an there's a lot of eccentric people roaming around there. Some of them are homeless and some of them were just street performers. And um especially back then in that in that era, not so much anymore. They kind of locked that down. But um yeah. So the whole VIP thing with these tall whites and it it, it didn't none of this clicked. Until after the gig, because I it, it was, I was just playing it back in my head over and over and over, and I started making connections. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what! Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so I actually dove into the story a little bit more and got my answers, and uh, I was thrilled to realize that I had actually seen an alien creature. <laughs> Do you Why? think if you hadn't heard that that um, coast to coast episode that maybe you wouldn't have been so um, like maybe you wouldn't have noticed them, or is it just I part would... of your personality that you notice things like that? At the time, even now, I my like I said, my head's on the swivel always. Mm -hmm. uh, it's annoying to a lot of people, but <laughs> it, it's uh, it's like Tim, what are you looking at? I'm just watching that guy over there. <laughs> Or I'm, I'm watching this couple interact because it looks weird. It's not suspicious. <laughs> Great situational uh, awareness. Very, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's situational awareness. So, um, no, like I said, my training in the very early 90s kind of put me on that path, I guess, uh, as far as being aware of my uh, surroundings. 
Were the men in black uh, guys, were they tall as well? Or do you think they were human? They were human. And they were about, I don't know, between, they're close to six foot. And the, she was easily a head or two ha- taller than they were. Hmm. And uh, one guy was, I remember the guy in the beige coat was a uh, Caucasian, mm-hmm. white guy. And the guy in the blue coat was African-American or African descent or black guy, mm-hmm. if you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, both, no, the, the, the black guy had this very, and I mean, flat top. He had a flat top. He's a very... Yeah. Very square hair and the whole thing. Uh, the other guy was balding, mm-hmm. kind of like I am. <laughs> kind of like he had this this kind of hairline that I do. And um, also close cropped, kind of like mine is now. Um, and it was the sunglasses, the black suits. The only thing was the colorful trench coats that would more or less describe them. And they weren't long trench coats. They were the driver's cut. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. That's the that first time I've ever heard them uh, described wearing color. Yeah. Apparently I caught them on a rare day. I think it was an attempt to blend in. Not very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no. But, I mean, you know, mom's wearing Jedi robes. and <laughs> These two dudes in full suits and trench coats. On the beach, I mean, they didn't quite pull it <laughs> off, but you know, and there was case around. and there was no uh, vocalization from the child or the mother at all, at all. No, nothing at all. And the the funny thing is, when she was pointing and losing her little mind over the VW bug, it looked familiar to her. That was the sensation I got. No words. Hmm. It's like she was looking back, and it's like if, if they were speaking, it was telepathically. There yep. were no words coming out of her mouth. And there was no mouthing whatsoever. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you recall what happened to the the beetle, the vehicle, after? Because they got into the limo, did they? Yeah. The, so the beetle pulled up about 10. So we had, pulled, we had backed into the loading area. The beetle pulled up about, parked in front of fire, I don't know, my dad. Pulled oh. up about, uh, yeah, it was good times. <laughs> um, he didn't care. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> pulled up yeah. about about where we were, you know, gave us some breathing room as far as the driveway goes, but he parked it right there. And the limo pulled into a, a cutout in the street for passenger loading, is my guess. Because um, back in the day, I guess they had a valet service. And um, that's where the limo pulled up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and no, the, nothing happened to the car, as far as I know. I think it was still there when we left. Hmm. And that was that was like midnight. But yeah, nothing happened to the beetle as far as I can recall. So is that the first and only time you've encountered entities like that? Um, that I'm aware of, with you know, situationally, yeah. as you yeah. put it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you must have I been so few... excited afterwards, though. Oh, I, I was... I didn't sleep at all that the following night or that night, rather. It was hard for me to get to sleep because yeah. I was on the internet. The internet was kind of new in our house. And uh, I was <laughs> looking up stuff <laughs> like five in the morning. <laughs> 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 oh, it was great. It was great. Have you I kept trying to, I kept trying to find that recording too, of the George Nord broadcast, but oh, yeah. uh, I was missing so much information that I just couldn't find it or no, I did find it. 
but I only was able to capture a clip of it, and it was some weird introduction into a commercial. Anyway, I guess you had to pay to get the rest of it. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Have you had encounters with other uh, extraterrestrials? Um, I've met a few weird interviews individuals throughout my life <laughs> so far <laughs> that you go mm, maybe <laughs> but nothing as solid as having the extremely long fingers yeah. and the complexion and all the rest of it so no in that re- in that regard no i'm sitting here just excited for you for for seeing <laughs> that like i just that just blows me away that blows you away try try being the guy who experienced well, yeah, it i, I know mean, i mean 2002 long before the government ever did here in the u.s mm-hmm. uh I, I i had proof that aliens were out there it wasn't it was in my my head unfortunately yeah. <laughs> i didn't i didn't take any photos or anything i probably would have gotten shot if i did but uh, <laughs> or silenced somehow yeah. i put in quotes and uh so but i mean i confirmed it long before anyone else did uh as far as you know personal like confirmation yep and that was that was amazing that was just amazing so how did the paranormal start for you oh it started for me when i was uh, about three years old young Um, wow (laughs) yeah uh it was there was a series of things that happened at that age Uh, i saw my very first ghost when i was three and you may recall tommy's um, story where he saw a full-bodied apparition when he was 10. Well, I was I saw a full-bodied apparition when I was 3. And as I've gone back to that memory and pieced things together a little bit more clearly without the fear overriding me, um, I surmise that this ghost was a uh, airline steward, stewardess, if you prefer, you know, back then, I guess. Anyway, I forget what we call them today. Flight attendants. That's it. But female, she had uh, blonde hair, but it was like page boy cut. Mm-hmm. It was it was um, shorter, like a short, like a bob. I guess is the is the word mm-hmm. uh, or the style. I'm sorry, I'm not a hair person, obviously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as I point to my bald head, um, the the uh, the. And she's wearing a blue and green vest. It's blue on one side, green on the other. It's a uniform. And um, I think she has a knee-length skirt that is of the same color scheme. So she was in color, which is, you know, that's one thing. Yeah. And then, you know, but she was transparent to a degree. Um, if, you're, if In Photoshop terms, she had 50% opacity. um but uh i'm asleep it's gotta be it's those small hours for sure it's gotta be the wee hours and um suddenly living living room light flicks on by itself and you know that wakes me because i used to sleep my door open back then and the light shines right in my eyes it's horrible but um and walks this stewardess I'm sorry, flight attendant. I, I keep making that mistake, but um, and she, she like, she checks herself. And then we had a mirror. As soon as you walked in, there was a mirrored 
like linen closet uh, on the slider. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you, she walks up, she checks herself in the mirror, and then she looks in my room, does a weird little double take. Hands go on the hips, and she scowls. She starts ba 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 yelling at me, but there's no sound coming out of her mouth. Her her mouth is going a mile a minute. And that face is angry. And then she starts waggling her finger at me, and I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, I draw the covers up, and it's like, oh no, what's going on? And um, I I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm I'm petrified. Scared. I can imagine you're so three. I, I, so I close my eyes super tight, hoping it'll go away because that's helped in the past, <laughs> you know. Yep. And uh, when I open my eyes again, I'm prone, mind you, on my side. And when I open my eyes, she is right here. Oh. I bumped the mic. I terribly sorry. I bumped the mic on that. It's okay. She is right here in my face, looking at me on the side. She cocked her head to line up with my prone position and yells at me some more wow nothing coming out of her mouth i let out a yelp or a scream of some sort and i go through her i get up a bit and i go through her and i remember the cold when that happened and i go and i get my mom and she says you sure it wasn't a dream why'd you turn on the light and i now remind you i remind you i was three i could not reach the light Especially back then, because they set everything higher in the building specifications. Yep. And um, so, in the 70s, I'll say in the 70s, <laughs> to date myself. <laughs> um, so, uh, I couldn't reach. I said, I didn't. The lady did. And I kept telling my mom about the lady. And she, was, she engaged me for a little bit, but she was super tired. She had work the next day. I was like, well, try and get some sleep. If something else happens, let me know. Needless to say, I didn't sleep well that night. But uh, never saw that entity again. And then um, that same year, I had this gift that really presented itself for the first time that year. And uh, I could see auras. And I still came to this day. Uh, not as not as strong as I used to. I mean, my eyes got weak over the years. So I just didn't practice it as much. But uh, yeah, I can still see auras. That's fascinating. And, uh, yeah. And I told my mom about that, too. I said, hey, mom, there's a light around you. And she locked on to me and started asking me all kinds of questions because she was kind of into the supernatural thing herself. Yep. And um, and she didn't chastise for me for it at all. She was very kind about it. And, um, yeah, that was the first foray into, <laughs> into the paranormal uh, full-bodied apparition and be, the ability to see auras. Do you think maybe you had that ability before, or was it going through that that apparition that maybe triggered it? You know, I'd seen them since I could remember. Okay. I didn't know what they were, but when my mom walked in, walked by my room one day, it was just ex- especially prevalent around her, and that's why I said something. So I, uh, yeah. So I've always had the gift, but I, I was the first time I was consciously aware of it, mm-hmm. I guess. No, is that, is that something that runs in the family that yeah, you know of? There's, yeah. yeah. There's a, I don't know about ores per se, but there's a lot of psychic uh, abilities throughout my family tree. And mm-hmm. Mostly on my mom's side. 
Although I had to, oh, it's coming up next. I'll, I'll tease a, a future episode. Um, I interviewed my grandmother, who's 97. And uh, sorry, Graham, didn't mean to out your age. And uh, <laughs> so I, um, I asked her, was there anything in her family having to do with any ghost activity, psychic activity, stuff like that? And she says, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, you never told me these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on? She says, well, I don't believe in it. And to this day, she doesn't believe in it. And, um, but she nonchalantly but says, story, oh, yeah. And she doesn't believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, sure. There's all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm supposed to know this automatically somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's a hoot. And she told me an amazing, a very long, amazing story about how they're in, uh, her hometown in Ohio, they had a ton of paranormal and, and spiritual uh, poltergeist-like activity. Things getting thrown across the room, keys disappearing and reappearing, and <laughs> it's like, how'd they get there? Because I looked there two seconds ago, and it wasn't there, that kind of thing. So um, that was interesting. But for the most part, the psychic stuff comes from my mom's side of my family. Hmm. And I'd even go as far as to say as the, let's see if I'm saying this right, the paternal side of my mom's yep. family. Um, so my granddad, we never confirmed this, but I, I'm convinced he was psychic to a degree. Yeah. And of course, back then, uh, people didn't really openly yeah. talk about things like that. Not really. I mean, there was a spiritual spiritualism movement yeah. uh, maybe a couple of decades earlier. Um, you know, as far as my grandfather's age goes, but yeah, I, I think perhaps in his youth, it had been stigmatized. <laughs> I was like, don't talk about it. Yeah. Nothing like that happens. If it does happen, you keep your mouth shut about it. So, um, but, uh, yeah. So my, I think my, my granddad was psychic. Um, I think his mother was psychic and then my mom is, is psychic and I'm an empath. I'm not as strong as the others are. Mm -hmm. Although I've had some intriguing psychic experiences. I've had precognition. Mm -hmm. I've had telepathic communication with a friend whom, whom I dub my sister because she is. She's like family. And um, I've had, uh, oh, there was a, another one. <laughs> it's, it's slipping my mind now. It's okay. But there are there were other such experiences. So yeah, it's it's not beyond um oh uh past life experience. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Which was <laughs> that that's a show in and of itself. I'd like to touch on the um psychic um telepathic thing in, in a second. I, I'd like to sure. get back to the auras. How to, sure. when you see the auras in people, are they different colors? Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe what you see? Sure. So um if you've ever seen a painting of a holy person, say mm -hmm. in the Renaissance area, yeah. they usually put the light around the head. Mm -hmm. Well, now take that light around the head and kind of put it around the whole body. Uh, that's basically what I see. But if I'm looking at you, for example, you know, my range of vision would only see your shoulders and up. So yeah. I can understand why, why painters would illuminate only the head. Um, 
But for me, if I see it, yeah, I'm looking at someone's eyes typically or looking, you know, at their facial region. <laughs> That's a <laughs> stupid term for it, but their, their face basically. And uh, yeah, I see the outline around the head. And then, but if I look down, it goes throughout the whole body. So, That's and amazing. it's uh, aching, it's uh, kind of like, oh, and the name is going to escape me. Perhaps you can help me. It's that older technique where you you take a, your hand, for example, and you put it on a plate of glass and you electrify the plate. Oh. And uh, you get that glow. It, there was a still of it in X-Files, in the opening credits of X-Files. <laughs> I know that's obscure, <laughs> but, um, but it's a blue outline for the most part. Um, and um, that's kind of, that's not too far off. From what I see, it's not blue. Usually it's a, a whitish shade, but they change color with mood. It's like a mood ring almost. Um, so, you know, it, 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 in, in part, you know, just your basic, how you're feeling mm-hmm. basically. So if you, if I were to look, I can't see it through cameras too well. Um, something about this medium really kind of blocks it, but in person, I uh, imagine I would see kind of a whitish or a yellowish hue around you. Um, I'm actually looking for it right now. As I, as, <laughs> yeah, I see I your eyes. And it's like, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to see if something's popping, but it, <laughs> yeah, the camera obscures it yeah. too much. Um, so with the same, but, uh, so, so if you yeah. see, like say yellow on one person and you see yellow on another, would they have the same meaning? Do you think, or do you, do you just innately uh, know what, th- what it means? Uh, yellow for me now. I don't have the typical aura specialist definition of colors. For mm-hmm. me, it's different. My spectrum's different, or something, because there's a couple of books out there. This is what the aura colors mean. Mm. That doesn't hold true for me. Uh, for me, if it's whitish or yellowish, or usually, usually it's a mix of the two. Um, it means you're in a good place and you're feeling happy and you're mellow and you're cool and all the other fun, happy words out there. Uh, uh, if you go blue, you're despondent, you're angry, you're fuming about something. If you go red, you are ready to kill someone. <laughs> you know? and that might be an extreme ver- uh, a way to put it, but I mean, you are, you literally go red hot i mean as far as my perception goes mm-hmm. and it it flex it flex with different uh colors too almost like a flame uh you know right next to the edge of yeah. the individual um and uh it flex with yellow and blue and purple i'm sorry not yellow blue and purple if you're super angry and you're in a rampage of some sort so has that ever helped you in uh, past situations to diffuse certain situations? It must have. Eh? Yeah. 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 It has. Yeah. It has. Uh, there was a, um, wasn't really one for bar hopping ever, but I got talked into going to a club one time. Um, mostly because I was following a girl, but uh, <laughs> isn't it always the case? You always, yeah. <laughs> always, it's like, why'd you go to that meeting? <laughs> There's a girl there. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was into this girl. Let's go, Tim. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? 
ended up being the group of us going. I thought it was going to be special. Wasn't. Anyway, I um, I knock over this drink because someone thought it was a good idea to put their drink down on the dance floor. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So plastic cups, right? Because so, the bar is cheap. <laughs> cheap. <laughs> I charge you 10 at the door and everything else is just kind of cheap. Anyway, um, so I, I, the girl I'm interested in actually knocks over this thing. And she's already three sheets to the wind. She barely had a sip of brandy or whatever her drink was. And um, I said, what happened? You know, this guy bumps into me. He turns me around forcibly. It says, hey. I said, hey. <laughs> What's going on? And uh, he says, your girl spilled my drink. I said, well, one, she's not my girl. I like her, <laughs> but she's not my girl. Um, and she says, well, she still spilled my drink. And I said, I don't know what you want me to do about it. You put it, you had it on the ground. You want me to buy another one? And I pick up the cup and it's squished. It's pretty oh, fucked up. Yeah. You know, it's pretty messed up. And, um, he says, no. he gets mad at me. <laughs> he says, no, man. He was looking for a fight. He was yeah. looking to shoot. He says, no, man. I said, well, let me, you know, why keep it on the floor and have people step? And, yeah. And the, I'm watching the, his aura. And in the colored lights, it was a little hard to pick up. I, if I looked at the ground, though, like I said, I see the aura all over the whole body. Mm-hmm. Around his legs, I could tell he was blue with flecks of red in it. <laughs> Yep. And then it was dimming down and dimming down because he he realized I d- I didn't get that he wanted to fight me. Um, I mean I did, yeah. But I kept diffusing it. I picked up the glass again. I said, "Let me just throw this way, and I'll get you another one." And uh, he says, "No, man!" And I sacks out of my hand again. Jeez. I said, "Well, I don't get what you want me to do." Then a buddy of mine steps in and says, "Come on, I'll buy a new drink." He accepts it from him. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. And off he goes. It's like, all right. Whatever, dude. And it, needless to say, I, I had had enough of the club. Girl or no, I left. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah it, it helped me avoid that, that particular situation. It was interesting. Yeah, I can totally understand how that could uh, be very helpful <laughs> in people's lives. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. So, Tell me about how you first met JJ. That was a fascinating, oh, fascinating case. Yeah. yeah. JJ came into, I say our lives because my partner, Henry, and I uh, in Scary, in our paranormal group. Um, and what does, Henry scary, and I, what does Scary stand for? Oh, Scary or, stands for Seekers of California for Ethereal, spelled with an A, for Ethereal Research and Investigation. Nice. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, um, so Henry and I were uh, sh- shy on psychics. We'd worked with st- uh, psychics I- initially in our work, but they went by the wayside and we were just doing technical investigations. And um, he kept saying to me, we need a psychic again because you and I are just not in tune enough to figure <laughs> this stuff out. Is you know, and I had I had a little bit of it. I told him this is I can function as a psychic to a degree, but it's it's limiting. Like I'm I'm at at best I'm an indicator uh, as far as where I think there's something weird over here, but I don't know what it is. I'm the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or if there's a I I talk about it on other shows and on my own where including Tommy's where uh, 
you walk into a given space and as soon as you hit the threshold, there's like, there's a wall of weird that hits you. Uh, so I like that. that. A wall of weird, a wall of weird. You're in a dark, messed up place. Something's off, you know? And, uh, so, so I, I use that as, Oh, be on, you know, be on your toes. Something's weird. And, um, but anyway, I caught, uh, this case where the, uh, client had shadow figures i mean a menacing menacing entity that constantly reappeared uh he called it a shadow person for me it was just more of a dark entity in general um and he was having all kinds of poltergeist like activity throughout the house and it kept going after his little girl um that's not okay no, not no. okay at all. No. At not at all. So he walks me through the house after I get over there. And first thing he shows me is says, You see the coffee cup on the ground? And it's busted coffee cup. I said, Yeah. He says, That just happened as soon as you rang the doorbell. I was, oh, and they did take a while to answer the door. Uh and, and never mind, they knew I was coming. Mm-hmm. And uh so uh, I said, oh, where was it before? It was up here on the sink, but it was in the training board, you know, the training board. And uh, so I said, yeah, that would take some activity to push it up, make it drop. Yep. Now, sus- if I want to be a, a completely suspicious individual, I could say he did that on purpose <laughs> just to sell it. But again, the wall weird hits me as soon as I get into that house. Something's definitely off. So I tend to believe him. And he describes a few other instances throughout the house. Uh, I ask about recent deaths. He says, yeah, my dad died about uh, three or four weeks ago. I said, oh, oh, did he ever say anything about seeing spirits or did he ever have weird dreams? He says he locked himself in his room the last couple of weeks of his life and had extensive long conversations, sometimes arguments with someone who wasn't there that they couldn't see anyway. Now you could call that sundowning and the dementia and all the things that go with it. Um, the thing was he kept arguing with his dead brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, very specifically about, very certain things like he says I, I remember one conversation was about the car and i said the car and he says yeah they have this old uh some classic american car and um there was an argument about who it was it was going to go to and uh, <laughs> it was either going to go to the father's son or his nephew <laughs> and that was the argument he was having so again you could chalk that up to dementia but at the same time, the vibe is still in the place, and I'm thinking something else is going on. He finally walks me into his bedroom. Now, he's sharing this house with his mother. He's an army vet. He just got out. He brought his wife and daughter over from Russia. I guess he met in Russia. And um, and uh, they're all sleeping in the same room. He says, this is, this is the really high-activity spot. And they're in this room that has a door that opens out into the garage. Like a little, it should be a den, but got turned to a bedroom. I said, okay, so tell me what's going on. And, um, he says, 
it was a couple of nights ago. My daughter had been complaining about seeing a, a specter. That's what she called it in Russian, I might add. A specter described it. It's kind of semi nebulous, except it had, you know, creepy long daggerish hands that can come out and reach for her, and then she'd scream and it would go away. Well, they thought childhood imagination. She's having nightmares. She's in a new place. Yada, yada, yada. How old is she again? She's three. Okay. Um, Having been a three-year-old who experienced something, I'm a little more sympathetic. Yep. Then dad says, what convinced me she wasn't lying was when I saw it for myself. Because she started whimpering. Because she slept between my wife and I, you know, for security, mm-hmm. I guess. And they didn't, you know, like I said, they just moved in. They had zero furniture of their own. And um, the... She starts whimpering and shaking, and and uh, she she you know dad's got her like the whole family wrapped up in his arms basically, and uh, he feels her shaking and look you know on one eye goes open go back to sleep whatever her name was, and his eye opens up and he sees the thing looming for his daughter and he says oh! and he leaps up he wakes everybody up. And uh, he goes after it, you know, army vet. Obviously, yeah. you're you're combat trained. You're going to go after it. He says, and I swipe through it, and it disappeared. Every night since it has shown up, and it's getting bolder and bolder and bolder. Um, and uh, last time it fought back mm. and put me against this wall. I've never been shoved that hard in my life. And he was a big hulking dude. I mean, he was a practically a bodybuilder he was in just phenomenal shape pushing that dude around he says he actually said go ahead push me <laughs> so i said oh i believe you no 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 push me for real i said i gave him a good shove and he barely moved wow he just stood his ground he didn't even try to deflect me or anything he was just and i'm, I'm not a small person myself i'm six foot um, at the time, I was a leaner 200. <laughs> and uh, the, yeah, he was hard to move, you know. So uh, I said, so where did you saw this thing? Where does it come from? Since it comes from the garage. I was like, oh, all right. And you never experienced this before you got back. And nope, never had a problem. So I go out in the garage and, okay, so there's the ooky feeling when you walk into a door, a front door, try walking to the garage of this place. Man, every, oh, I was suddenly in a really uncomfortable place. And I, I was, uh, I was in a very, very uncomfortable place. And it was everything I could do to muster up a courage to continue to look around. I flip on the meager little one light they have for this big dark garage that's packed with stuff, I guess from um, either dad passing or something else. I don't know what was going on, but it was, it was full with, it was storage, not a garage. Um, and I said, have you ever experienced it out here in the garage? And again, I'm getting chills running up and down my spine. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
So I'm looking to the guy, you know, I look out there cautiously. I shine the flashlight around, making sure there's no permanent dark spots that form. Mm, yeah. And I says, and I said, uh, do you have anything of yours stored out here? He says, oh, yeah, half of this stuff is my wife's stuff. It's like, oh, okay, we have an object that's holding this thing here. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. I don't say that to him. Uh, I said, so do you know what she brought over? No idea. She just said she needed a bunch of stuff and we brought it over so her family wouldn't steal it. It's like, oh, all right, right on. So um, uh, I, I'm walking through and I'm seeing crucifixes every once in a while. And then I go into the living room. I was led into the front door. The living room split off to one side. And I walk into the living room, and there's pictures of saints, of Mary, of Jesus, big ornate cross, and there's this old, old school Bible opened up in the middle in uh, a, cur- a curio, short little curio. And I said, "Are you Catholic?" <laughs> I mean, stupid question, obviously. So, and, and the husband's hems and haws, and he rolls his eyes, and he says, "No, I mean, I was raised that way, but my mom's Catholic." I said, did you call a priest? And she, he says, yes. The second something started happening, mom called a priest and came out. He blessed the place. Nothing, if anything, it made it worse. And that's not the first time I've heard that. Now, um, when you're dealing with certain powers, we'll call it, um, and you try to suppress it with a given so you got evil you try to suppress it with power from the church let's call it um you're kind of stuck kind of for the most part your the the name of it i think it's called something about the follow-through theory i i'm sorry i Maybe you can find out what that is, because I'm drawing a blank, I'm sorry to say. But basically, once you start with a given power, you have to proceed with that power. Okay, yeah. You know, and um, if you st- if you alternate in the middle, now you have these two powers that are going to collide against this evil, and it can make things even worse. So, the priest came in, he did a yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not even an exorcist, or not even part of the Franciscan order. Uh, he was the local priest at the local church, uh, who was a friend, I guess. And uh, so he comes over, sprinkles some holy water, and walks away. And that was not the answer, obviously. I said, well, you need to, you know, follow through. You know, once you start with a given thing, I explained to him. He is not happy with that answer. He says, I just want you to get rid of it. And I say, Unfortunately, that is not within my power to do. I do not have any ability to exercise the spirit or the knowledge or any of that. He is, again, super not happy. He says, well, fine. I said, if you give me a couple of days, maybe I can get someone for you, but it's going to take a little bit of time. He says, yeah, whatever. He's had it with me. He, he's He's done with me. So that prompts me to go home. Write up a short, this is back when Craigslist was still reputable. Um, <laughs> write up a short little thing uh, asking for a psychic. And I tell Henry about this whole thing. He says, Yeah, we definitely need to find a psychic. And I said, Okay. So we, uh, the, the list works. We go on a like a three or four day 
I'll call it a journey. <laughs> it's a journey looking looking at different psychics in our uh, neck of the woods in our area. <sighs> to say that they were unimpressive is inaccurate. Yep. Sometimes they get they hit on things. Other times it's they stated the obvious, or at least to me it was the obvious. I wasn't impressed. Neither was Henry, especially. He's the psychic of the group. I'm sorry, not the psychic, the skeptic Skeptic? of the group. Oh, yeah. Hardcore science guy. He needs empirical evidence. Plain and simple. No exceptions. Empirical evidence. If if we didn't record it, it didn't happen. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the old adage. Video didn't have or it didn't happen. But, um, oh, the new adage. I'm sorry. Anyway, I digress. The... So we go on this little on this journey, as I said. We see about was it three or four different psychics, and we are we are just losing more and more hope. Did you? Can you? But Henry and I would always have these conversations after. Can you believe what that psychic said? I mean, that's yeah. the most ridiculous thing in the world. So dang, it's so obvious, you know? Of course. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like there was... And uh, now the one thing that did happen throughout that journey, I kept seeing black animals. Black mice. There are no black mice in this area. Uh, black squirrels before they were in this area. And... um Nothing. Oh, uh, I think I saw a black hair, which is super rare, apparently. But um, various animals, mostly in the wild, or you know, free free range, for lack of a better term, not pets. In other yeah, words, yeah. black gopher saw a black gopher, but oh, wow. these animals were all black at various locations. And I kept seeing black animals. It's like, what is going on? Something's off. And um, it wasn't until I get a phone call from JJ that things finally started to look up. <laughs> now, had, so had, had, had you been speaking with her before that, that moment? No, no. Ah. So we do our little journey. It's like three or four days. Nothing doing. Um, and JJ calls out of the blue and, um, I'm thinking it's because of the Craigslist ad and no, it isn't. She just, she looked me up uh, I was on, I still am on a registry for paranormal investigators and, um, she looks me up and she gets a, she gets a vibe about me and calls me on a Sunday at 9 PM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pick up the phone after nine. Usually even, but you know, it came in on the scary line and it's like, do I really want to make a quiet wait till tomorrow morning? No, I don't. So I I answer. And she says, basically, hi, I'm JJ and I want to be your psychic. (laughs) I said, fantastic. Tell me what you do. And she goes on this super long list of things she does. I said, you do all this. And says, what I really need is a cleaner. And she says, yeah, I can do that too. I said, okay. Nice. <laughs> so let's meet up. So I got a buddy of mine who is compared to JJ, a novice, but a psychic nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets a few good 
you know, has convinced, had convinced me that she knew what she, that she had the ability. So I bring her along to vet, uh, JJ. And, um, <laughs> you probably heard this part of the story before, but JJ, uh, stops. We're having a conversation. We're at lunch somewhere and stops. The conversation looks to my friend and says, would you stop doing that? And apparently she was psychically poking her <laughs> and she says, and but she wasn't aware of it. She was just trying to feel her out. And, uh, JJ uh, says, would you like to see how that feels? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so she does it back to her. And mind you, I see nothing happening. I, I don't have this visual at all of what's going on. Bless you. And, Thank um, you. <laughs> and um, my friend reacts. She says, that feels super weird and invasive, her words. <laughs> and JJ says, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's like, okay, you just did something to her. I'm already convinced. Yeah. So I... I uh, Henry wasn't able to make that meeting, but I call him afterward. I said, tell him the story, what happened. And he says, well, let's give her a test. Uh, let's see if she can help this client out. So I call the client back. The guy is totally unhappy with me. I call him back for lack of a better term. As we say, the business <laughs> ghosted me. <Yeah. laughs> and I try like three or four times. He doesn't, he's done. He's done with me. I call JJ and I say, listen, the, the client I thought I had set up for you is suddenly, you know, not answering. Uh, so we're going to have to wait. Maybe, maybe less than a week later, we get another call. Um, different client. It's a, uh, it's a couple of college kids, actually, and they're set up at, in an apartment complex that a college had basically converted into dorms. Um, so they, they didn't change the architecture or anything. They just said, these are your dorms now. All right. It was like five or six people to a dorm, but, you know, whatever. They're, they're nice little uh, two, two or three bedroom suites, with kitchen, the whole thing. Open concept space, basically. Nice. And again... Uh, so JJ waits out in the car. Henry and I go in, we tuck through, and as soon as I hit the wall, I hit that wall weird. As soon as I mm -hmm. cross the threshold, it's like, oh, we're gonna have fun tonight. <laughs> okay, so, um, I experience total and complete battery drain within the first 15 to 20 minutes I'm there, and not just the cam batteries that are in the cameras. But the batteries on backup drain. Oh. <laughs> I missed so much stuff on tape that night. And uh, we witnessed full-on poltergeist activity. All the cabinets opened. Uh, we saw a little water bottle go shooting across the kitchen. Um, and there was a lot of weird activity in the there's this uh, the way it was set up, it was open concept living room space slash kitchen on the side. And and um bedrooms off to one side of bedrooms and main bedroom in the back. And that's where the weird activity was in the main bedroom area. And, uh, I say, well, we tech through as much as we can. I mean, I can't, I can't do anything on dead batteries. So I, I plug stuff in like a madman trying to get something going. It's exciting, Meantime, but frustrating at the same time, isn't it? Cause yeah, you, you just because, wasted all those batteries. 
Oh yeah, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, these are brand new batteries too. There's no reason yeah. they should lose their charge. So um, I called JJ. I said, "Well, I guess you're up." And she does exactly. She has the exact same experience I do. As soon as she hits the threshold, it's like, "Oh, <laughs> something's off," you know. And uh, she does her thing. She feels things out. She gets an idea of what's going on. And she put brings uh, Henry and I out into the balcony. Of this, uh, we were like the third to fourth floor of this complex, and um, she says, "Okay, here's what's going on. They have something definitively evil here, okay, and I cannot leave these kids alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you charge extra for excising a place or you know cleaning a place?" I said, "No, we don't charge at all." And she says, "Good." Because I'm going to get rid of this thing. What do you want me to do? And so I put her to the test. I said, you nuke it. I don't want to ever come back here again. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, you sure? I say, yeah, nuke it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she says, okay, sit with the kids, do small talk, maybe uh, plug your camera in and record through from the wall socket. I said, okay, good idea. So we do, we conduct a secondary interview with the kids because we missed everything else. Um, and I say kids are college age, you know, young, young college yeah. age. And um, they're telling us their story about how the girl who initially reached out to us was inducted into and nearly sacrificed in a satanic cult. Like it was something straight out of a movie. She's she is lured downstairs with the promises of an, being inducted into this new group of friends in the special club, mm-hmm. and she's laid out on her table and she says, "Okay, just relax. We're gonna say a few words over you, and then it'll be done." And then the knife comes up, and bam! In come the sheriffs, local sheriffs, kick the door in. Damn. And save her life at the last possible second. So again, it's like something straight out of a movie. Obviously, um, that wasn't the first time that they have done that. If the sheriffs were onto yeah, them, exactly right, exactly right. So some they got a tip, or they had the place wired. I don't know what was going on, yeah. but she was spared. And uh, her boyfriend at the time, I don't know if they're still together or not, but uh, also had an entity attached to him, following him around. And some little girl uh, entity was following him around. And it was kind of like an energy leech. Mm. And um, so (laughs) we're interviewing these kids and they're telling us their story and JG's in the back. I asked if I could record. She says, no, maybe another time, but not this time. Okay. A couple minutes go by and we all stop at the same time because we feel this concussion wave. If you ever been in a live event where they fire off cannons or something like that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of civil war reenactment around here, but I don't know if they have similar things in Canada or not, but um, not really. Well, they might. Okay, super powerful firework goes off right next to your house, maybe, or at a show or something. Yeah, like those those M eighty boom, right? And you feel it in your chest, right? You feel it like all over your body. You could tell where it came from. It was directional, right? Well, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens in this house, but there is no explosion, no sound whatsoever. 
just the concussion wave. And we all, it hits us. We're all rocked by it. And we all look at each other. It's like, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And Henry is, he's bugged out. I, I've never seen Henry that concerned in my life. And he says, was that an earthquake? I said, no, dude, that was not an earthquake. That was her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everyone, we, we, we conferred briefly among, um, among those in the living room, apart from JJ. And she, I said, where did you feel it come from? I felt it come from over there. Yeah, that's right from behind me because they're sitting on the couch facing us. And Henry said, yeah, yeah, I felt the same direction you did. I said, that was JJ. Wow. <laughs> and uh, she walks out and says, okay, I think we're done. I said, okay, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take some outgoing readings best as we can. And mm -hmm. everything's simmered down. Now, I should also mention that the house was blazingly hot. On a very cool autumn evening, um, I'd say it was anywhere between 55, 55 to 65 outside. Hmm. Inside the house, it was easily 90. And this is with the AC going full blast. He and I both fiddled with it, trying to make it go. And But as soon as this boom, the sh as soon as she nuked it, everything calmed down. It was actually, they actually had to turn the AC off because it was getting too cold. Oh, wow. <laughs> Way to go, so JJ. Checked, yeah, JJ did her job, and Henry and I were both, especially Henry, which is the key thing in the dynamic of this team, is like convincing Henry, and he was convinced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, you're the one. And um, it was, uh, that's that's how JJ became a part of the team. <laughs> She's amazing. She was yeah, she is amazing. She's a very talented individual. Uh, on the team, we she has the title of psychic specialist because I couldn't think of anything else that really encapsulated her. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Uh, I also like the the uh, title that you gave her as cleaner. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, cleaner uh, cleanser is another one, which sounds like something we scrub your sink with. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but a cleaner cleaner works. But yeah, if you need an entity gone, she is your person. And she can do it remotely too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's less effective or not, but <laughs> I've seen her do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my clients have been pretty happy with the results. So it's, yeah, JJ, go JJ. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get uh, pom poms. Go JJ. <laughs> <laughs> A little cheerleader for yeah. you every time. <laughs> You and Henry could dress up as cheerleaders. No. <laughs> Kidding. Ready? Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, yeah, go ahead. No, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, to be able to feel that, that's, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought she was blowing smoke. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought she was blowing smoke at first, but she and I were getting similar vibes on the place. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, here's the test. And then she does her thing. We feel it. And <laughs> no more smoke. She nukes <laughs> it. Was, wow. She nukes it. Wow. Yeah. That place will be clean for the next century, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about the um, telepathic encounter that you had with your friend, your sister. More my sister. My sister from another mister, as we say. Um uh, he, uh, not he, <laughs> she, sorry. Uh, 
I won't say her name, just just protect yep, that's her. Fine. But yep. um, my sister uh, was living here at my house for a little bit, and she was going to college. And I drive her in. She didn't have a car at the time, so I drive her over to college, and I pick her up a couple hours later. And um, it was one of those nights, college night. Nothing remarkable was happening. Uh, we're at the signal to get on the freeway. And um, up next to us pulls this 1980s, fresh from the 1980s, Bigfoot, like a super big truck, right? Um, Bigfoot style, if you know what the Bigfoot monster trucks are like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what pulls up next to us. Um, uh, someone built a monster truck and she says, my God, that's huge. That's just the biggest thing I've ever seen. And I look over and I say, I know it's gigantic. Who needs a car that big? And she looks at me quizzically. She says, <laughs> what are you talking about? And at the same time, I had this funny little tingling at the, you know, that how the, there's that little protrusion at the back of your skull, mm -hmm. uh, just below that. And so I feel this little tingling and so it, it's almost itchy, almost. And uh, I said, well, you mentioned how big the truck was. And she, she looks at me kind of wide eyed and she says, Tim, I didn't say anything to you. I said, yeah, you did. You said, oh, my God, it's the biggest truck I've ever seen in my life. And uh, why would anyone need a truck that big? And uh, Or something. I think I'm mixing our, what we both said all of a sudden. But she says something to that effect. And she looks at me again. She, her, her head cocks. And she's flabbergasted. And she says, Tim, I didn't say anything. Dude, I heard you say it. I was right here. And she says, no, Tim, I didn't say it. I thought it. And the car wow. goes silent. <laughs> and then I think about it for a sec. And I realize I did hear that in more in my head, in both ears. Because mm -hmm. she's sitting to one side of me. Um, but I heard it very evenly. As if it were in both ears, as if she was right in front of me, or as if I had headphones on. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she says, "She says, what? What was that?" And I said, "I, I don't know." <laughs> and I say, "Hold on, let's see if it goes both ways." And I try thinking something to her. Did you get it? No. <laughs> okay, think something to me. Think something to me. I want to see if it... And then that, that tingling has gone away uh, since. And I said, think something to me. Nothing. Nothing. And that's like, that was the only time. But something banal, a monster truck pulls up your car. <laughs> and that triggers some psychic episode. But, um, yeah, it was the only time it ever really happened between us. Um JJ and I had a similar experience a few years after that. Um, and it was, uh, I think, something similar where she thought something. I think she was doing an experiment because I responded vocally mm -hmm. and uh, she started giggling. <laughs> <laughs> she, said, she says, that's neat. You are like that. I said, what? <laughs> and she explains herself to me. But uh, that those or that was the only real time I was totally aware of it. 
that ever really happening to me. And I've, I've never really had that sensation ever since behind my head. What, what, was, what was the sensation? Was it similar to, have you ever been close to an electric fence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a feeling so like that, that, that kind of tingling? You're, you're in the neighborhood. Uh, to put your phone on vibrate mm -hmm. and kind of touch it to the back of your head. Okay. Very light little yeah. rumbling, almost like you have a, a like a, a bee or a wasp under your skin right there. Yeah. And uh, that's... That pretty much approximates it. That was the sensation. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was a intriguing night. We we just talked about it all night. We kept trying to make it happen to each other. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> it was just a one off. Apparently. Yeah, she. Uh, you could probably say thanks, JJ, for uh, for, for the, your um, experience with JJ. Like, thanks for using me as a guinea pig. And, yeah, exactly. and not telling me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That second time with JJ was great, but with my sister, that yeah. was years before I met JJ, and uh, that was the only time it ever happened between us. So, wow, you, yeah. uh, you, and I'm going to still call her your sister. You must be uh, the same soul family type thing. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I I can't tell you why I feel I do about her as far as you know treating her like family. She's just. She's this beautiful young woman, and uh, I should be like super attracted to her. But it's like, ah, that's my sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and she's she's got a family now of her own and all that fun yeah. stuff. But I mean, back then she was single and all that fun, and, you know, and all that. It's like it should have been. You would think something would have developed romantically, mm -hmm. but no, no, nope. <laughs> it was just wasn't. It just wasn't the vibe. It just wasn't the vibe, you oh. know? So, uh, yeah, she was my sister. Maybe in a past life. Still is. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Hmm. I mean, I've experienced a past life, so yeah. I, I, know what, I know what that's like. <laughs> well, I can't believe it's been over an hour. Um, I know. I would definitely love to have you back on and talk about past live uh, experience that you sure. had and everything, because I know you have so much more that you could talk about. And I was hoping to be able to talk about the that movie that you said you're going to be doing, but we'll have to do that on on another episode if that's okay. That's fine. It'll probably be uh, in the can by then, anyway. So okay. it'd be a little more apropos to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so before we sign off, can you tell the listeners where they can find you? I can be found on YouTube at um, at Paranormal underscore Insight. Paranormal Insight is the name of the show. My name is Tim Sudano. I am the host. Um, I'll spell it for you. The last name, S-U-D-A-N-O, just so you know. And um, um, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm on Instagram as well. Uh Look us up under Paranormal Insight. You'll find us. It's a green P.I. It's neon green. It's, it's the words P.I. for Paranormal Insight. You should be able to find us. Okay. And as usual, you listeners already know, I'm going to have the links in the show notes. So it'll be easier for them to find you. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much, you Tim. I can't believe uh, an hour went by. I just kind of looked at the time like, holy Hannah. Like, yeah, I could listen <laughs> to you for that. hours. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. So thank you so uh, much. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, yes. genuinely. Yes, I'm I'm so honored that you you accepted. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right, you take care. <laughs> <laughs>
and we'll talk soon. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants 